Welcome back to our podcast within a podcast, pottering around the horror within Mangum Reads. We are three muggles who can't agree what monster to keep in the secret chamber. My name is Sarah. I am joined, as always, by my co-host BJ and Spencer. How y'all doing? Doing well. If we want to have a debate about what monster to keep, I'm sure we all have aggressive opinions on the subject. <laughs> Probably. We might need to put some parameters on what counts as a monster for this conversation. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's going to be the first three hours of debate right there. <laughs> um, so we are in chapter nine of book two of Harry Potter, the writing on the wall. Um, and we have some segments that we're doing here. We have a rapid fire recap. Uh, BJ has some wizard wheezes that he tells us about. Spencer has newbies notes, I award house points, and then um, there are lingering questions uh, that are answered, sort of. (laughs) (laughs) That's a way of putting it, okay. (laughs) Um, So that's where we are. Anything we want to talk about before we get going? I think I'm uh, ready to get into it. I'm just curious if you're going to bring up some of the interesting places that Lockhart mentions and see how to pronounce them. I, that is not, my job in the recap is not to talk about details. I skim very lightly over the surface of these chapters. Uh, Wordplay is entirely your forte, (laughs) BJ. All right, so, ready for the recap then. All right, uh, you keep into your two minutes? I had to cut some stuff out of my original recap for this, but I think I can do it. Ooh, a challenge for you. All right, at your pleasure. Okay. So... Filch is devastated. Dumbledore appears and tries to calm things down. Everyone troops off to Lockhart's office, where Dumbledore examines Mrs. Norris and pronounces her not dead. Instead, she's been petrified. Filch still blames Harry. Dumbledore shuts that down. This is powerful dark magic. Snape, helpful presence that he is, suggests that Harry's um, presence there is still a little fishy. Uh, Harry decides that he can't tell him tell them about the voices for reasons. Dumbledore isn't buying everything and gives Harry some very over-the-glasses looks, but eventually lets it go. Turns out those mandrakes become a potion to cure petrified cats and other things. Lockhart volunteers to make the potion. Snape takes a front as, you know, the potion master. Harry, Ron, and Hermione head to Gryffindor Tower and speculate about this chamber of secrets. The next day, the castle is abuzz. Jenny is very upset about the cat attack. Hermione is reading all the things. Justin Finch Fletchley is avoiding Harry. Hermione doesn't have her Hogwarts history, which might have some information about the chamber. So she accosts the history teacher, Professor Binns, asking about the chamber. After trying to put her off about asking about put her off asking about myths, he tells the class that the chamber comes from the founding of Hogwarts when the four founders came together to create a magical school. Slytherin began fighting with everyone, only pureblood should be allowed in, etc. And he took off after leaving a secret chamber sealed for his true heir with some sort of horror in it to be unleashed on the school. Charming. Harry is even more upset about the sorting hat trying to throw him in Slytherin. They end up back in the corridor and see a bunch of spiders escaping, maybe? The castle? Ron freaks out. They remember that there was water on the floor, realize it came from a girl's bathroom nearby. This is where Moaning Myrtle lives. Myrtle's upset, didn't see anything. Percy catches them leaving and is appalled. Ron is in a girl's bathroom. Apparently Percy can take away house points. Much discussion about whether Malfoy is the heir of Slytherin. They need to find out and prove it. Hermione suggests Polyjuice Potion, which temporarily transforms you into someone else. If only they can get the book with the instructions from the restricted section of the library, off to con Lockhart into permission. 
That was exactly two minutes, not a second <laughs> off. I'm impressed. A lot happens in this chapter. It, yeah, it is dense. And it's a lot of, like, information. It's not just sort of, like... It's not really plot it's happening. It's like... Gimme plot stuff. Here's, yeah, yeah. here's information that you need to know. So when yeah. we actually get to plot, you know what's going on. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so anyway, I think those are mostly the salient points of the chapter. Um, and what yeah. we need to know going mm-hmm. forward. So, BJ, what do you have for us? Oogadoogoo. <laughs> yes. Is one of the things that I have for you. Um, okay. That, that was... Explain. What? It was just one of the places that um, Gilderoy brings up as somewhere he's been doing things. And it's just, it's Mm -hmm. an interesting name. Um, Very onomatopoeic, I guess. It's Um, also a place. Like a real place? Like a real place? Yeah, it's the capital of Burkina Faso. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Is it spelled the same way? Is that how you pronounce it? Um, You know how there are those words in the world that you read? And you know um, that they exist. Okay. And you well, never actually hear them pronounced out loud. You were in part of a world that was a little bit closer than most of the rest of us. I figured it was possible. Yeah. On this episode of Americans <laughs> Learn About Geography. Um, no, I, I, I am not sure that I've ever... I think it's I think it's Ouagadougou. Okay. That's right. Ouagadougou. Well, I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Spencer, the all-purpose magical mess remover <laughs> from... Mrs. Yes. Scour. Mm-hmm. Do you think it comes in a pad? A scouring yes. pad of sorts? I think it's very possible. Um, I, I did also appreciate that all of the uh, founding fathers and mothers um, were uh, alliterative. And for whatever reason, I guess I'm not surprised that Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw were founded by women. And there's something very pejorative about that, and I'm not sure what it is. Is it because those are two, the two houses that are never the focus of anything that's really happening in Harry Potter? Maybe. I don't know. It just it just seems that way, which is weird because J.K. Rowling is presumably relatively female, so like it it would be odd there. Presumably relatively She's female. Weird. I, don't I don't know what that means. I'm not making any judgments about it. Okay. okay. Um, Do... Do we at a certain point develop a major character that's in the other two houses? Because it is a noticeable gap at present. We have mentions of secondary, even tertiary characters, but nobody really gets much focus by the Ravenclaw or Isn't Hufflepuff Luna so far. In yeah, we get a very notable Ravenclaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, we de- definitely don't know who that is. No, right? no, she hasn't been mentioned at all. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah, I, th- that's pretty much it. Um, I mean, I was a little bit disappointed that the potions book is most potent potions um i was waiting for your comment on that <laughs> it, it, it just seems a little lazy um the other thing that that i desperately need to talk about which doesn't really get put into questions um is is gildo roy lockhart a lunch lady because he might be a lunch lady because when they were in his <laughs> office at night his pictures had their hair and hair rollers and hair nets and that doesn't really seem like a a thing. You gotta get those glossy locks somehow, BJ. Yeah, but he has to maintain the but, curls. But why? I, okay, so I was I was hundred percent there with, well, I was sixty percent there <laughs> with the, with the hair rollers. Um, sure. And and then the hairnet that was a little that bit is, more. 
The hairnet is to stop the flyaways from escaping from the rollers and also to save your pillow in case you have any product on your hair that is in the curlers. I'm willing to bet he has product on his hair in the okay, curlers. I 100% <laughs> agree that, that he has product, but is a net really going to like keep pr the product from... Maybe it's a magical net, and we'll go with that. <laughs> if there is ever a book where the justification a wizard did it is appropriate, I think this one qualifies. <laughs> I was also... Thinking of it more, I guess it does say hairnet, but I was thinking it more, and this is coming really well in an audio format when I have my hands above my head, <laughs> above my head. Shower cap. Um, Talk us through yeah. it. Talk us yeah, through more it. Like a, more like a shower cap. Yeah. Like one of those little Mother Hubbardy things. <laughs> we have different concepts of Mother Hubbard, I guess. <laughs> I'm trying to go back through his list of accomplishments. Did, has he won anything with respect to his hair? I know his smile he's is awarded. He's trying. Oh. Yeah, I he's mean, on, with, the, on the Without rollers and product, he's not going to make it. He understands his weaknesses, and he's working actively to counter yes. them. He understands some of his weaknesses. <laughs> Hair-related only. <laughs> Everything else is a blind spot. I mean, between his hair and the fake down that he's working on, I mean, it's just it's difficult for him. He's got a lot going on. I think he's going to have a second life as an Instagram influencer. <laughs> if it only existed at the time, he would be leading this field. <laughs> Though again, the moving pictures along his walls suggest he's starting to pioneer Very this similar, concept. yeah. I mean, I 100% agree that he would be an Instagram influencer, but not a very successful one. He'd be the one that'd be like, <laughs> yeah. I have like 5,000 followers, so you should really listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> Most of them are middle-aged women. Yeah, I, I think in his case, he's he's basically got the advantage of already having the fame. He'd have the fame going into Instagram. That'd probably start an instant base of followers. They're not necessarily Instagram's primary customer base from what we've seen of them so far, but, you know, he's got hopes. Yeah, it'd be very That's much true. like the, um, what is it, One Direction fan base or whatever. Mm -hmm. That It's like a bunch of what, a teenage and, I guess, now to young 20s, and then a bunch of, like, 40- and 50-year-old moms mm. that would, like, yeah. Go to the concerts, but yeah. 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 <laughs> Anything else, uh, So many other things, but I think it is time for Newbie's Notes. Okay. Uh, well, first things first, sentient pictures freak me out, and I don't want them. <laughs> I, I don't want pictures of me to maintain their own day-night cycle. I don't want them participating in my conversations in ways that they're not necessarily consistent about and some disagree. I don't want that. <laughs> I, the, trying to unpack how these pictures work. We discussed it at length in the last episode, and the more we see, the more uncomfortable I get with them. Because these things are alive. They have independent, apparently, thought, actions, and lives. And that's just weird how everything in this world is made sentient and exists once you've given it magic. That's just apparently a necessary part of how this world runs. And that's uncomfortable to me. I don't want every aspect of my life to suddenly develop an independent thought. Uh, Nicole, question. You guys introduced the concept of squib to me a while back, but is this the first time we actually now hear the word? Um, is it? Because I don't... Maybe. Did they talk about it in the quick spell anything? I don't think so. No. From last I, chapter? No, I think it's the first time, because we also have Ron explain yeah. it. So, yeah, good good to have that away. Yeah. Uh, it's also very apparent, and this is something we discussed heavily in the last book, that Harry really needs to learn to trust his professors that they're not going to think he's nuts. That's <laughs> a default thought that he always goes to when weird things happen to him, is that, okay, weird thing happened... Clearly, no one but my closest friends will believe me. I will not tell the people that can best help me solve this problem. 
I mean, we Do have we established. Is... Sorry, Go sorry. Go ahead, Dad. BJ. No, you're okay. Uh, we have established that Harry isn't the brightest penny in the jar. So, mm-hmm. I also wonder too if it's like he has spent a lot of his life kind of wondering if he's nuts. Yeah, and is really uncomfortable verbalizing it because he doesn't. I mean, he tells Ron and Hermione some of it, mm-hmm. but he's like, he's very cagey about kind of what he is willing to let go. And, and I agree. It's a reasonable reaction from his character, given how he probably grew up being exposed to magic. So you can imagine him at like age four going to his step parents and saying, Hey, I just did this thing. What was this? And them just saying that didn't happen. You don't talk about that. And just burying it immediately. Well, I, th- that- I think it's fairly clear that the magic didn't really start until he was like 11 ish. It had been building for a while. It just seemed like it was getting more common. Yeah, there had been a couple of things, but it did seem like those had been, I don't know, relatively recent. Maybe in the past two or so years. I don't know. But either way, I agree that it makes sense that he still doesn't fully get how everyone in this world is readily exposed to magic and will be perfectly willing to, you know, think about this more rather than go to the default understanding that he's insane. That doesn't seem to factor into magic as much. There's a lot of magical explanations before they get to schizophrenia. Especially when Dumbledore is looking at him like, I think you have something else to tell me. Right. But I think he's also worried about it being like a dark magic and something like that. And that'll get him kicked out. So it's not just that they think he was crazy. It's just like, oh, the wizard who we shall not name for weird reasons, um might have left some sort of imprint on you and that means that we have to imprison you or kick you out or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's, he's left a literal imprint in his forehead. But it's one of those things where if that's his logic, it's a, it's a bit flawed in the sense that if that's indeed true and they find out later, the repercussions will be a lot more severe then than if he comes to them openly open and honest right now saying, I don't understand this, help me through I feel it. like that's but, probably true for Dumbledore. Yes, but Dumbledore has his back, and if he doesn't realize that right now, he's a fool. But I presume, like, most of his interaction is going to be McGonagall, who probably will take away some house points for, you know, something or other, because he didn't use proper grammar when referring to the voices that he heard, or or something like that. No, no, that's reserved for Percy and the rules of decorum this episode. (laughs) Percy's Uh, the worst. Percy might be worse than um, Malfoy. Percy is not. Oh. <laughs> well, in terms of that conversation with Dumbledore, we see a lot of the strengths and the flaws of Snape as a person in that he really quickly just tears through Harry's lies, clearly establishes he's lying to the group quite effectively, and then immediately undercuts his own argument by making it about Quidditch. It's just like, you had a great point, you were really going great, and then you made it as petty as humanly possible. That's just kind of Snape as a person right there. A, compl- a complicated series of incredible strengths and lots of character flaws. Mostly pettiness. Yes, lots of pettiness. I mean, just, come on, man. You could have done this any way you wanted. Instead, you get to immediately, oh, he's lied? Clearly he should be removed from the Quidditch team, because that's the most logical way we can go with that thought. Yeah. Uh, just also a question, but did you guys feel like Ron was being particularly a bit of a dick this chapter? Wait, this chapter? Like, well, you know, for me, it hit, me, it hit me hard this chapter because we had him comment on a lot of people that were outside of their group. And there seemed to be a lot of, if you're not my friend, I don't have anything in the way of empathy for you, for a lot of people he deals with. Like, 
these comments that he makes about, um, uh, sorry, name of the groundskeeper again? Filch? Filch, yeah. Yeah, are, he's utterly unable to keep stop, stop laughing upon finding out that he's a squib, which is just kind of mean. When they casually mention a few other members of other houses, he kind of just comments that he thinks they're idiots or dicks, just without really even knowing them. And his interaction with Percy, of where he just kind of casually throws at Percy that he doesn't give a damn about Guinea, which Jenny, which doesn't seem to have any basis other than I want to piss my brother off. Seems like Ron's in a bit of a mood this chapter. Ron is frequently in a bit of a mood. Well, you have to <laughs> empathize with him because his wand isn't working the way it's supposed to, and he has all sorts of um, spells go off when he doesn't intend it. It's it's a you know a very concerning thing for a boy his age. Man, this Ron really needs to get fixed, otherwise every of these chapters can be about Cialis without really intending it to be. It's, it's a problem. Uh, it's also interesting to find out from a histor- historical standpoint that Slytherins have always been Slytherins. What we see about them now has been there from the very get-go. They have always been focused on being assholes to the broader, broader wizarding community, being exclusionary as they possibly can. And it's just interesting how much that is allowed to exist, given that apparently... If the original founding stories are true, Silas Slytherin is his name? What was, the name? What was his first Salazar. name? Salazar. Salazar Slytherin. W- voluntarily exiled himself from Hogwarts, but his house still exists and has been maintained and is still allowed to have equal footing with everybody else, despite the fact it apparently, it, by legend's sake, inserted a monster in the school that people believed enough to have looked for for generations and maintains a philosophy that only shouldn't certain people should practice magic and we need to actively stop anyone else from doing it. very British. I was going sure. to make the same point, BJ. This is like, I don't know. Don't we need, like, this point of tension in our castle and, like, myths surround it and, like, uh, people who are kind of assholes? I mean, isn't that what Eaton is? It, yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be a complete world without them. <laughs> don't we look so nice life. by comparison? <laughs> See how great we are? We want to give you real-life exposure early by exposing you to as many assholes as you possibly can. Please, Arguably embrace the world. the most useful lesson they could be getting. <laughs> what should we teach you about the world? That Slytherins exist and you can't well, avoid them. Well, but isn't it better Thank if they're you. all in their own house rather than just being terrible and everybody else's? There is a definite value to knowing, to basically having that marked on their FBI profile as soon as possible. That the Sorting Hat is serving an, a very valuable profiling purpose for later use by the, by the Ministry of Magic. I mean, it's like having frats. Uh, yeah. uh, oh boy, yeah. I think we all can agree. I think I think we all can also agree from our exposure to the history course that Hogwarts could really use a course on myth and legends because the students would be in it. They would be down. I would love to, to read. I would love to read people reading about it or read about people listening to a lecture about it. That seems interesting. Finding out the Chamber of Secrets seems exactly what everybody wants to find out about. But I guess that may be a voluntary elective like their fourth year or something because it's certainly not part of their curriculum right now. Also, even if History of Magic is dry, the first couple of weeks as first years have got to be interesting. Or at least somewhat so. I think we've all had professors, though, that could take the most interesting subject and turn it into dust upon a prairie kind of thing, and just how dry they can That's make true. it. That's true. Yes. Uh, let's see here. Spiders fling. And apparently only spiders fling. Because we've not heard about anything else or had anything else previously referenced as fling the uh, school. I'm going to pay attention to see if we hear anything else. But it was like eight or nine spiders are all teaming up together to flee out of a window. Mm-hmm. That That's not normal. Spiders don't do that normally. 
Uh, and we've not previously heard about there being much in the way of, like, intelligent spider populations operating around the university or anything. So is this monster just whatever this monster, ghost, thing, is it particularly an anathema to spiders? And do I need to pull up my guide to mythology to know what that is now in like advance? spiders deserting a deflating dirigible, Spencer. <laughs> sure. Uh. I mean, if it's anything like me growing up, the greatest enemy I know to spiders is my is my house cats as I as I was a child. <laughs> it's a, I, the horror within is it? <laughs> is it it's a, a giant, giant fluffy kitty. House cat. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Quick, just get a spring. We'll distract it. <laughs> it's knocking shit off the roof. <laughs> Don't worry. It's a. They walk into Snape's potion. Riddle that you're. They walk into Snape's potion class. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> they walk into Snape's potion class and just every single potion's been knocked off the top shelf. It's been here. <laughs> uh, like McGonagall went through. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, it would go after McGonagall in particular. Uh, oh, no. The, it was McGonagall that's doing it. That's with Snape. I got you. Yeah. The final battle is McGonagall. scat <laughs> against this thing. Oh, yes. We will spike them in their form. Uh, let's see here. I'll save that for question. Um, I agree with you, BJ. Mosta Potente Potions is the most lazy name she's ever given us in terms of something in terms of something in this universe. Uh, it's effective. No one would have any degree of confusion, not even me, about what that book has had to offer. But <laughs> come on. And finally, I can totally understand why Polyjuice is a regulated item because that sounds overpowered as shit. If if you are able to just assume the form of whatever individual you want in a way that's entirely undetectable and did, did they really... They said that, that... I think if I remember correctly, they said there was a time limit on this. Yes. It, like, wears off after a few hours. Mm -hmm. There's a time limit okay. on it, but we are, like, to go back to the sort of, like, technology correlates of this, we are in the sort of deep fake here. Oh, yeah. And it... I can, it's a good thing that, A, it's, a, it's heavily regulated, and, B, it's apparently really hard... Well, I say really hard to make, but these second years are totally down once they get the ingredients to make this thing. <laughs> I think it's, Hermione is the only one who has any confidence that true, this is going to happen. True, it, it raises questions practically about, I know Snape takes a lot of pride in his skill with potions, but is it really just a matter of knowing, is, is it, is, are potions essentially the same as just closely following the recipe when you're cooking, that anyone can really do it so long as you're following the recipe pretty closely? I mean, would you say or is anyone, there a degree of, and there are a lot of people on the internet that would disagree with you. Fine, Yes. I think you I'll can save get, that for yeah. I think you can get a base level of competence, um, mm -hmm. but the we do, we do learn later that there is there is an art to doing it really well. Yeah, I, I can picture it being like the quality of what you ultimately produce is governed by your ability. Like you can totally make a polyjuice potion, um, but Snape can make a far better one that's going to last longer without the same amount of side effects, mm -hmm. kind of thing. Snape not only gets the uh, visuals and, and the voice down, but, but you know, when he turns into Gilderoy Lockhart, he does get that, that uh, je ne sais quoi that he has that gets all the <laughs> middle-aged ladies going. God, Snape is Gilderoy Lockhart. The universe might just explode. That's antimatter and matter meeting. That sounds terrible. I mean, they are... I mean, the book is setting up as being as, pol as complete mirror opposites of each other as they possibly can. Just even in color scheme, they are just complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. All right, well, that's all I got for me. Shall we move on to house points? Yeah, let's do some house points. Um, so we've got a, another little bit of a weird chapter in terms of house points. I would certainly say that Ron getting points taken away from him by his brother is not good for him. 
is not good it's for him. It's a low moment. It's a low he, moment. He is the only one who actually got house points taken away from him, so I think he has to just win on the cards here. But it's also done in the most humiliating possible way. A, it was for leaving a girl's bathroom, which is the lamest possible reason you get points to take away from you. B, it's by your brother. And C, it's after having just a little snit over your sister. Yep. It, it's not a good way to lose points. No. Um, winner, though... I don't know. Do you all have thoughts on, on House Point winners for this chapter? Uh, Dumbledore. I... <laughs> Dumbledore did Dumbledore things, therefore. <laughs> therefore Dumbledore wins. <laughs> He's got, like, another two books of winning. Sure. I mean, I think Hermione's always a reasonable fallback position. Yeah. Because she got to demonstrate brilliance. She got to show her research acumen. She got to, again, basically drive our plot but forward by realizing the thing that needs to be done. At home. That's a serious negative I, in her college. She'll be punishing herself enough. We don't need to... to this is not a house points <laughs> issue. She will be bearing that cross for the rest of the year. Um, yeah, I am willing. I think I think Hermione is a, is a reasonable choice for this. Um, I think Snape had a lot of fun this chapter. He did, but again, he's his own worst enemy. He has <laughs> lots of successes and lots of self-caused failures. Fair enough. Um, all right, so I think, I think we'll give the... Yeah, I think we'll give the one to Hermione here. It's, Professor Benz also did not have a great chapter. No. For the record. There's not much of, there is not much of a life there. Oh. there. None. He's dead. Never mind. Spencer. I wish that wasn't intended as a joke. That was clever. That was a, a very Hufflepuff moment you just had, Spencer. Again, we have proven by test taking I'm in this house. I want greater representation. Oh, man. Um, all right, so what questions do we have? Uh, okay. Uh, I kind of already went through this, but just to clarify, is there a specific reason that Slytherin is allowed to exist, given that apparently their even founder voluntarily exiled himself? Did he at some point come back to run a house, or did they just keep running it without him? Did Slytherin ever not exist for a certain period? Um, and no, he just sort of noped off, as far as I know. And they just kept the house going without uh -huh. him? I mean, the that house is, was already going. I mean, the, it's named after him. He's got, like, copyright and trademark, well, doesn't he? Well, presumably yeah. he was around for quite a while before he pieced yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which, which is going to lead to my next question. How long do wizards live? Because they talk about these guys being almost multi-generational at yes. times. Um, so they, I mean, they really live normal length lives. Although we could I mean, be in a sort of, like, biblical situation here where, I don't know, the founders lived for 450 years. And... <laughs> That was just normal. Yeah, totally. All the Roman kings ruled for 100 years each. That just happened. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do feel like there's like a... Well, obviously we are in the kind of mythos of the whole thing here. So it seems a little apocryphal. The Just like the sheer amount of time that they were... That the founders were kind of around. So mm -hmm. it's a little unclear. But I mean, mo I mean, most wizards live like a normal life. Dumbledore seems real old. It, it, it seemed like with, with how much of an emphasis they were placing on the effect of the Philosopher's Stone in the first book, it would make sense that that's very much the exception of the rule and most other people just live normal lives. Yeah. Or they um, live... Dumbledore might have had a little... A little bit uh, of a Dumbledore is cheating. from the Philosopher's Stone. Dumbledore is cheating in all things. I'm I mean, but the this. other side of it is, like, unless they meet a supernatural end, presumably with the medical interventions that are available to them while they might live normal-ish lives they could live 
like the the outside of the normal-ish length lives as opposed to like yeah whatever else right yeah they, they've got all the magical enhancements to 21st century medicine kind of lives except for LASIK. yeah apparently <laughs> Uh, but just, just just to clarify that first point, um, do we ever get a, a specific explanation for why Slytherin exists other than it effectively provides balance? Uh, no. No? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, we will continue to theorize. And yeah, balance. it's kind of, it's just sort of left on the table. It, at least the Sorting Hat tried to frame it like it's not inherently a bad thing. But we've not been given much to work on that these guys aren't all just morally corrupt, bankrupt individuals that will happily stab any other wizard in the back for their I mean, own advancement. Hydra's is not inherently and bad, right, Spencer? It's kind of parodied to the point of it, yeah. Uh, but speaking of the Sorting Hat, so no, transition. Ron brought up the fact that, you know, if the Sorting Hat wanted to put him in Slytherin, he would have left the school. So how much agency is there in house choice? Oh, sorry. I think we should have this conversation later in this book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I think that that is a perfectly fair question to ask, but... Um, and we we get some answers for it, so I just don't I yeah. don't and the the answers come relatively soon, so I don't think that we really that makes sense. It's a riddle that, that we that, will solve to do that tonight. I mean, all we've really seen so far is that they almost get like the right of first refusal. Mm-hmm. That the hat starts laying out options, and Harry says no to one. The hat goes, okay, well, based on that decision, we will default to this one. Prima hakta. So. <sighs> Um, then I guess my, my other question is the parts of the library that are, you know, the special stacks and stuff like that, mm-hmm. how minimal permission is there? Because there seems to be many other instances of many other libraries, like in The Name of the Wind, and I think even in um, uh, Game of Thrones, where the special stacks are more than just like, oh, if a teacher says so, you know go for it mm-hmm. whereas access to things like um polyjuice and some of the other more interesting spells is a little bit more problematic than there's some yeah. information that we don't really want getting out or there are some books that are a little sensitive to light or whatever yeah um so the way that the restricted section in hogwarts works is you have to and there might I think that there. I think there are different ways. I think there are different le- kind of levels of permission. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were like an advanced student who was doing some sort of research project, maybe you could get a little more carte blanche to kind of go in. But for the most part, if you're trying to get a book in the restricted section, and we're going to see this next chapter, um, the, uh, there is a a very strict librarian <laughs> in um, Hogwarts Library. I don't know if we've met met her yet. I don't. I don't, I don't think, so. think we have. Is um, her name is Madda. Her least favorite. Uh, no, she she's kind of a jerk. Um, <laughs> her name is Madame Pence, and um, so mother. you have to. <laughs> um, yeah, so you have to get a permission, not only like a permission slip to go in the restricted section from a pro- professor, but you have to have them like specifically sign the book. Like, it has to be signed to the book that you want to get out from the restricted section. Gotcha. Um, and then you get that book, and that's it. Is that is that required for this book that they're after? Yeah, so they now have to go, next chapter, 
have to go convince Lockhart because he is the only professor who would <laughs> that is the implication yes, yes. Um, that they have to get this most potent potions book how pissed is Snape going to be about this I think the answer is very yeah <laughs> <laughs> He was already getting very territorial on the idea of Lockhart making a potion. Yeah, so. I, I think that's more of like hazard contamination or, or you know containment rather than anything else. Yeah, I think he he, dre- he in the moment he dressed it up as how dare you take um, my job away from me, but I think it was probably like oh my god he can't do this. <laughs> well, oh, <laughs> don't god, let him near this. I mean, I think he'd make a really bad bartender, let alone, like, potions. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, normally a poorly made rum and coke doesn't cause you, cause you to explode, but I'm thinking potions, if you do these things wrong, I can only imagine what's going to happen to that cat. Oh, boy. Oh, Mrs. Norris. <laughs> so is this the one instance yeah. where something happened to an animal in, in a piece of fiction that you're actually sad about? There are other times. I just can't name them right now. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, we... Actually, Mrs. Norris is a good fallback for also worst for house points in this chapter. She had a rough run, as things as, as things go. So did That's Filch. That's true. Yeah. Oh, Filch had a really yeah. bad chapter. His one friend in the world. Filch is very upset. I would argue that Mrs. Norris had a worse last chapter. Yeah. I mean, true. this chapter... <laughs> static. I, I mean, I think she's fine. <laughs> yeah, actually, that was going to be my next question about how paralysis works with respect to this. Petrification. I mean, we've seen petrification we've seen that paralysis you can still feel and interact to a certain degree you just can't move for petrification are you aware of your surroundings in the world is this a kind of locked in Maybe syndrome she's just kind or... of a scaredy cat. sure <laughs> <laughs> um as far as well as far as we know um I, I don't think i don't think that you have any cognizance or awareness of what's going on around you like if you're a snuff box Yes. You're never going to let that one go. You're just a nice little snuff box. (laughs) This is my life now. This is what I am. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Other questions? Uh, I got one more, unless you have one, BJ. Okay. Uh, I was kind of shocked to see that a prefect can take away points. Oh, I Uh, thought we were going to get through without this. Okay. (laughs) No, hell no. That... That was very unexpected. Previously, I thought, we, from what we'd seen, only teachers could take away points. This opens up things to ponder. Who, do we have any clear rules about who can take away points? Can Filch take away points? It, I would think not, otherwise I think every house would have zero or even negative points each year. I like the idea that, take away points? that Filch started by being able to take away points, and they quickly realized that that couldn't be left to stand. Like, okay, so who, which house is the least negative? <laughs> Um, so, I mean, we, prefects can take away points. I think, I think Hagrid might not be able to now, but I think he can at some point. I don't know. We might have to go back to that question. Um, I wonder if the, like, prefects and head boy, head girl taking away points, if there's, like, some sort of review and approval system for that. I would also. He's leaving the room so quickly because he has to go submit it in triplicate to get it through. Yeah. <laughs> but I would also assume that they can only take away points from their own house. Probably. Yeah. yeah. And so it's a less yeah. used power, and it almost seems kind of um, associated with the badge. Yeah. 
That might be true. Oh. And Percy is the only one who does it because Percy is Percy. Because <laughs> Percy is the worst. It, it's, mm. it's just ah. Uh, I think that's a good call, PJ. That would be in keeping with a lot of what the head boy traditions are, is that your job is basically to inflict discipline on whatever your domain is mm-hmm. and nothing outside of that. That seems like Percy takes that maybe too seriously. Yeah, I, I guess that makes more sense. I mean, I I guess I just imagine it more as a snitch than a, essentially... But not the, gold, not the golden kind? Yeah. <laughs> not, not the golden kind. It's more of a redhead. <laughs> It's interesting how much of Percy is an outsider even among his own family. Yeah. He doesn't really fit in with any of them. I mean, like, even the, I'm blanking on his name, but the brother that's studying dragons over in uh, Hungaria or Bulgaria, whatever it was. Oh, Char- the Charlie. Charlie. He's, you know, studious and researching, but he's still got the same kind of carefree spirit that the rest of them do. Percy don't. Mm-mm. He's the rebellious one. <laughs> <laughs> this is the black sheep in the Weasley family. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to get a lot more of Percy at other oh, points. God. I could see Hermione having a crush on him. I think even Hermione thinks he goes a little far. <laughs> now, now we we got a fun lecture from Hermione this chapter about with respect to rule breaking. Um, well, she's basically proposing his degree of rule breaking with respect to going and getting the book, right? Yes, but doing I mean, it in the forgery. most rule-abiding manner possible. <laughs> we have to well, get the permission slip. Yes, I'm okay with this. <laughs> That's a very precise rulemaker kind of term. I'm okay with us committing fraud to get it, just not committing fraud to show it to somebody. Deception is fine, but some, there's only certain ways it's appropriate. Well, I, I don't think she's even planning on particularly committing a deception. I mean, you might call it that in certain senses of the word, but I think it's going to be, oh, I love your book so much. I really wanted to take a look at this book, and, you know, it one of you this such and such book you talked about this book and i wanted to go back to the source material like could you give me a note to get it It, it's it's true it's lockhart deception would be an overly involved plan to get what they want just shameless flattery or maybe they write out the note and then just have him like autograph we would like your autograph please no could you do it on this sheet of paper no they'll have a little lower they'll have a picture of of him like on top of it like slide it up a little bit I'll be curious to see how this plays out. I don't imagine it's going to be involved. I'm picturing them getting this on like page two or even it happening off camera because anything more than that would be too much effort. <laughs> this is this is not going to be a hard mission for them. We just start the next chapter with and Harry, Ron, and Hermione <laughs> were leaving with the, the library yeah. with their... <laughs> yeah. Ron turned to Harry and said, well, that was easy. And they entered the library. <laughs> so I do have one last question before we break. Okay. Do you think Lockhart puts mirrors in front of his pictures so they can look at themselves? I think that would be very kind of him if he did. I would assume there are already pictures, there are already mirrors in the background of every picture he takes, so they've got their own room that they can enjoy. Or, if he just has enough pictures of himself up, they can all just look at each other. (laughs) And criticize each other. It's like, hmm, your hat's not quite right. (laughs) You're missing a spot there. No, no there. Okay, I'll just come over and fix it for you. Number four, your hair's coming out of your roller. Oh, I'll, I'll be there in a minute. All right. All right. So do we so have next week? Next week we have chapter 10, The Rogue Bludger. That sounds dangerous. I mean, remind me, bludgers are the ones that fly around yes. during Quidditch? Yep, and try to hit you real hard. And then that's when the two Weasley twins are the ones that are responsible for smacking yes. them around. Yes. Um, the, okay. the wobbly arm is... Yeah, that's gross. <laughs> 
All right. Well, that's what we have to look forward to next time, guys. <laughs> that is a noodly appendage. Ew. <laughs> and on that note. Oh, all right. Bye, y'all.